Oh. No, no, no. Episode six, I was so mad. Were you crying? Yeah. You ever cried while watching a show? Hey, has anyone ever here ever cried while watching a show or a movie? What'd you What'd you cry watching? Endgame. You cried? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Toy Story Four. Matthew, you like these animated movies. I respect it. Uh, yes. A what? The dog's purpose. Dog movie. Always bringing the tears. I am legend. I am legend. When the dog died. All right, Logan. Wait, anyone else ever cried watching a show or movie? Yeah, I I cried watching a show or movie one time. Uh, one time I was one time I was uh I was sitting there and I was uh I did cry during that. Yeah. It was like it was like really emotional. Yeah. I think the last one. I think it was the last one. But listen to this. I was sitting in my dorm room at college one time. And uh, I feel like I told the story before. I don't know. And and I was sitting there watching uh, this show. It was like kind of like this love, like romance kind of show where like this nurse comes to a small town, falls in love with with this guy, all these things. No, it was kind of like, it's kind of like a Hallmark. It's kind of like a Hallmark movie, but it was a TV show. Anyways, I was sitting there watching it. Like a new season came out, and I was binge watching it. And uh, my roommate walks in with like this with that with this with this other guy I never met before. And I'm sitting there like on my bed just watching this, huh? A lot of dudes. And I start, I was like crying and he walked in and he looked at me, he looked at me in the face and I was crying and that was like the first time we met and I said, I'm sorry. So, and that's how it went. He said, no dude. And then he left and it was kind of awkward. Cause that was like a first time meeting. Imagine meeting someone, they're like crying. Yeah, why would you, like, I'm sorry. Huh? Did he even say like, Me. Me. Oh. All right. Anyways, I have to tell you guys three things. First thing, this Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. So we're going to pizza after church. Uh, a pizza place. No, it's probably a place none of you have ever been to before. It's on Route 10. It's called Anthony Franco's Pizza. It's uh, across from Fuddruckers. Antimo's. I don't think Antimo's is open. Joe's isn't open. Look up Antimo's hours on Sunday, but we won't go there this Sunday. So, so come come to church and then come to pizza after. And uh, and right now I think Forte's winning. Forte's our, our best-rated pizza place. Good work, though. Good work. On Sunday after church. You were there last time. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing. Uh, there are, on March 17th, which is a Friday, I believe that's St. Pat Patrick's Day, I believe. Um, we are, we're going to go bowling, okay? At Circle Lanes in Ledgewood. So yeah, it might be laser light. I don't. I forget. So that's in like that's in like two and a half weeks. Okay. So I'll have more information for you next week. But on Friday, March seventeenth, put that down if you want to be there. Okay. Um, and the last thing that I was going to tell you all is uh oh oh at the end of this month our hangout at the end of the, at the end of this month this our hangout is at the Ketchum's house in Denville. It's close on Route Ten, not too far. Um, if you've never been at the Ketchum's house, it's cool. If you've been there for the Christmas party, it's cool. So make sure, start thinking now, like, oh, start telling your friend to come. Just bring one friend. My challenge is to bring, for you to each bring one friend. Think of one friend that, that you don't normally bring. Logan, one friend that you don't normally bring. So, like, not Luke or Gio. We can do that, but bring a friend. Okay? 
Yes, Danny? No, because he's been here. So show up to that, okay? Zaire, you want to pull up a chair and actually join us up here? Can you do that? Thank you. Can I bring my friend You can bring your, I think so. Is he in sixth grade? Sure, bring your teddy bear. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so if Abby brings a friend, uh -huh. I'm both their rides. Does that mean I also brought that friend? Sure. Yes. Can I bring Antonio? Yeah. Sure. Of course you can bring Antonio. Across Route 46 from Circle Lanes. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Is it like, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about, though. Next to the Outback. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yes. We'll, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. You, you can't. Okay. Bring it in right here. We are in. Bring it in right here. We are in First Thessalonians. Logan, what chapter are we in? Chapter 3. First Thessalonians chapter 3. That's where we're at today. We're in verses 6 through 13, okay? So we're going we're gonna to get to that in a second. First, we need to talk about what happened before this passage, okay? Paul... Paul was writing this letter. It's Paul and Timothy and Silas, but Paul is like the main one speaking, basically. And he, he really misses these people in Thessalonica. Okay, he really misses them. Um, and he, he went to them once. Now he's away from them. He loves them, and he really wants to be with them. He like badly just is like, I want to be with you guys because like you guys are the party. That's where the life is at. We kind of talked about that a couple weeks ago. Okay, But he was also kind of worried about them because he left them, and he's like, I don't know what's actually going on there. Like, Are they still following Jesus? Are they still being obedient? And and wanting to know Jesus and worshiping him. Um, he knew that like there was going to be a lot of suffering and like uh, hardship for the, Thess for the Thessalonians. And so he was like, are they going to be able to hold on and actually follow Jesus in the midst of that? Okay? So our passage today, we're in 1 Thessalonians 3, and we're doing uh, verses 6 through 13. And Timothy, Paul sends Timothy to Thessalonica, and Timothy returns back to Paul and gives Paul this uh, like report on the Thessalonians, like, oh, this is how they're doing. So remember, Paul's worried because he's like, the Thessalonians are going to face a lot of hardships, so I don't know if they're going to keep following Jesus. So he sends Timothy, Timothy checks on them, and this is Timothy uh, reporting back to Paul, okay, uh, what is going on with the Thessalonians. So this is, what, this is what Timothy says. Well, this is what Paul says. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, so Timothy came back from, Thess from Thessalonica and has brought us the good news of your faith, and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. So Timothy brings back this good report. He's like, there's this report of faith and love there. You know, they haven't, they haven't given up. So Paul is encouraged. He's comforted. And Paul says, for now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly, night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. And then Paul gives this uh, kind of blessing to them. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time together. Uh, thank you for being able to uh, read um, this, this scripture together. Um, thank you um, for being near to us, um, and we ask that you would encourage us and grow us even now, today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, so how many of you guys have watched Stranger Things? Okay, good. Well, you know, you know Eleven from Stranger Things? You know Eleven? And she goes, Angela! That was really sweet. You know the one? That was like, oh. Okay, well, good. Well, I'm not talking about that part. But like in season one, in season one, there's this, in season one, there's this one part where uh, Eleven, she's, she's running away and there's all these vans chasing her, you know, and she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And she's with uh, her friends, right? And they're running away. What'd you say? It's really funny. And then the vans are closing in on her and they're all worried. They're all worried. And then what happens, Logan? What, what happens? What does Eleven do? No, they don't catch him. Eleven like flips the van. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have let you guys. What do they do? What does she do? Yeah, say it. Flips the van. Good job, Adrian. But, but that's kind of like Eleven's whole life, right? Her whole life is like this life of like danger, right? She's always in danger. She's always being chased by someone. Things are not easy. Are things easy for her? No, they are not easy for her, okay? But for some reason, Eleven keeps on pushing through. She holds on, okay? She holds on and she keeps going. All right? In this passage, Jordan, Logan, in this passage, we see the Thessalonians, and they're going through something really hard. There's this, there's this hardship. There's this affliction. And yet they are holding on, okay? In the midst of this hardship, in the midst of this affliction and the suffering, they are holding on. They keep going, okay? And Paul is reminded, as he gets his report from Timothy, Paul is encouraged. And, the, and Paul even says, in the midst of my hardship and my suffering and my affliction, I'm holding on. I'm encouraged because of you. So here the Thessalonians are. Here Paul is. They're in hardship. They're in affliction, but they're holding on. Okay? They're holding on. Right in, so right at the beginning in verse 6, Paul says that Timothy has reported good news, right? Timothy's like, hey, the, the Thessalonians, you has brought, Timothy has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. So Timothy has reported good news that the Thessalonians are full of faith, they're full of love, even though they've had so many reasons to let go. Even though they're living lives that are full of suffering and affliction, they have every reason to let go. Their lives are full of faith and love. It's glowing. Their lives are glowing with faith and love. Okay? And they have this hope, too, because even in, in, verse, oh, in verse 6, at the end of verse 6, um, it says, Remember us kindly, that you remember us kindly, and you long to see us as we long to see you. The Thessalonians have hope that they will see Paul. They have faith, they have love, they have hope. And if Jorge was here, he would tell us that those three things are things that are common as, as Paul writes this letter. Faith, love, and hope, yes. I miss Jorge too. I hope that we can see him. hope that we can see him sometime soon. He's just not here. I don't know where he is. Um, so, they have, so they have this faith. They have this hope. They have this love. And Paul, Paul even says, even though he is distressed and facing affliction, he sa- in verse 7 he says, For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, they have been comforted. We have been comforted. So Paul says, I have been facing distress and affliction. My life has been hard, but I am comforted. And he's full of life. In verse 8, he says this, For now we live. Paul says, Now I have life. Now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. Paul says that this report that Timothy gives him, this encouraging report, actually like breathes life into him. It gives him life. And Paul's grateful. In verse 9, Paul says, For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before God. Paul says, for what thanksgiving? He's thankful for this report. And also, he feels joy. He's joyful because the Thessalonians are holding on. They're going strong in the midst of hardship and pain. All right, and I, I think as, as we think about that, as you guys think about your lives and the hard things and the things that make you suffer in affliction, I feel like it's so hard to hold on. You guys ever feel like you're just trying to hold on? You get a grip on life? 
trying to hold on. You know that one song by Justin Bieber and uh, the Kid Leroy? It's really good. It's called Hold On. You should listen to it. Um, hold on. Heaven is a place not too far away. All right. We can sing it together another time. You know how it feels to be someone who loses their way. All right. Um, so not, not only are the Thessalonians holding on, but Paul is also holding on. Okay? He's holding on. And in verse 8, he, as I said before, Paul even says that I, he like has life because he sees the Thessalonians and their faith and their love and their hope. Paul says, that gives me life. It gives me a reason to hold on. All right? So these first few verses that we just read, they are just a big story of people, the Thessalonians and Paul, holding on to faith, holding on to Jesus in the midst of difficult and hard times, in the midst of suffering and affliction. It's just a big story of Paul and Thessalonians, people holding on to Jesus. Okay? But why? Like, what? Like, they're encouraged by one another, right? They have this good report, right? But what, like, why is it worth holding on? What makes it worth it? Why, why are Paul and the Thessalonians like, this is worth it in the midst of this pain and affliction and suffering and hardship? Why? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, man. Because they'll get to save themselves and others? Okay, so they, like, have, yeah, I, yeah, they have, like, faith that this is, like, a good thing that this actually will give them life. They have hope, too, that like something better is coming, that this is like a good thing, that they can have life, right? That they can be, yeah, that's good, Logan. So here it is. I think we're going we're gonna to talk about those three things, okay? The three, three reasons I think that Paul and Thessalonians are holding on is because they have these three things, okay? They have faith, they have love, they have hope. They're holding on because they have those things, okay? But as we sit here and we think about Paul and the Thessalonians holding on, um, and you think about yourselves maybe, what, what keeps you holding on to Jesus? Think in your heads. What keeps you, what makes you hold on to Jesus? What keeps you holding on to Jesus? Is there anything that keeps you holding on to Jesus? Maybe, maybe there's nothing. Maybe there's, you don't really have a, a, a faith in Jesus or trust him or know him. Or maybe, maybe you just are holding on to Jesus because that's what your family has done. Maybe that's just how you, you grew up. And so it's just a thing. It's just the way of life for you. It's like, oh, this is just what I do. So I'm just here for the ride, you know? Maybe um, you had like a season or a moment where Jesus was like very real and alive to you. And you were like, wow, that, that was really awesome. But, and so you like use that as a reason to hold on to Jesus. You're like, oh, he was real and alive and he was there for me. So I'm going to hold on to him, even though you might not feel it the same way that you did then. Maybe that's why. Maybe you uh, are just like, you don't know why. Maybe, maybe, you're not even, maybe you're even at a place where you're like, uh, no, I'm actually not holding on to Jesus. Like, that's not what I want. I don't want a faith in Jesus. I don't want to know him or, or think about that. Or maybe you were just in a place where you're like, oh, my life is too busy or I'm like, my life is too hard to actually like think about anything spiritual, to think about what life with Jesus looks like. Maybe you're in that place right now. And you're like, I don't have the energy or the time to think about holding on to Jesus, to think about life with Jesus. All right? Well, if you are in any of these situations, okay, uh, I think what Paul and Thessalonians, and even what I am saying right now, is that Jesus is worth holding on to because, because of these three things, faith and hope and love. And so if you are just a person who's like, oh, this is just how I grew up. This is just the faith I grew up in, so I'm holding on. I think that there is something new and refreshing for you actually to realize when we think about faith, hope, and love in Jesus. Maybe you're in a place where you're like, at one point, I, I felt like I really knew Jesus and was close to him. Um, but even now, 
maybe it won't be in the same way feeling, but there's something new and refreshing to realize that Jesus brings us, provides for us faith, hope, and love. And even if you're in a place right now where you're skeptical or you're like, I don't have time for that, or you're like, I don't want that, I would encourage you to just take some time and sit um, and think about Jesus providing you, what it looks like for Jesus to provide you faith and love and hope. All right? Even in the middle of hard times, of affliction and suffering and conflict, as you have conflict with your friends and in relationships and with your families or at school, maybe your grades are suffering and you're like, what am I going to do? And you're scared and it's scary. Um, Or maybe you have a friend who's fake and they're like just abandoning you and you're like, why are you doing this? Jesus is worth holding on to because of faith and love and hope and he provides those things. Um, Okay, going back to Stranger Things for a second, okay? So Eleven, she goes through all these hard times, right? She's going through these hard times. The hard times never really stop. And then there's this one guy named Hopper, right? You all know Hopper, everyone who watches, right? Hopper. No, Hopper. Come on, man. You saw Stranger Things or no? You know Hopper. Wait, Hopper, that's his name. All right. Hopper, Hopper kind of like adopts Eleven, kind of. So she's like, she, he's like a father figure to her. Okay? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Hopper, Hopper disappears. He dies. Okay? He dies. And Eleven like has, Eleven's gone through all these hard times. Okay? She's gone through all these hard times. And right before Eleven and Hopper, they start to have like this conflict because Eleven is hanging out with Mike too much. And Hopper's like, where's my, where's my girl at? You know, that's my daughter. She's sad. All right? He's sad. And, and then Hopper dies, okay? And Eleven, Eleven's sad. If you haven't seen it, it's your fault, okay? But Eleven finds this letter. Eleven finds this letter. So after all, after all these hard things that, that Eleven has gone through, now her father figure in her life has died, okay? And he's gone, and she's like, she's sad, okay? And Eleven finds this letter from Hopper after Hopper's dead. And Eleven starts to read this letter, okay? And this is what the letter says, all right? I'm going to read part of it, okay? Hopper says, the truth is, he's writing this letter after he's gone. The truth is, for so long, I'd forgotten what those even were, feelings, okay? I've been stuck in one place, in a cave, you might say. A deep, dark cave. And then I left some egos out in the woods, because that's how Hopper and Eleven met, you had to know, you know. And you came into my life, and for the first time in a long time, I started to feel things again. I started to feel happy. But lately, I guess I've been feeling distant from you, like you're... You're pulling away from me or something. I miss playing board games every night, making triple-decker ego extravaganzas at sunrise. Because she likes egos a lot. Yeah. Watching westerns together before we doze off. But I know you're getting older, growing. And I guess, if I'm being honest, that's what scares me. I don't want things to change. So I think that maybe that's why I came in here. This is Hopper was coming in to talk to Eleven, uh, but then he died. To try, yeah, to try to maybe stop. To try to maybe stop that change to turn back the clock, to make things go back to how they were. But I know that's naive. That's just not how life works. It's moving, always moving, whether you like it or not. And yeah, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's sad. And sometimes it's surprising. So you know what? Keep growing up, kid. Don't let me stop you. Make mistakes. Learn from them. And when life hurts you, because it will, remember the hurt. The hurt is good. It means you're out of that cave. But please, if you don't mind, for the sake of your poor old dad, keep the door open three inches. 
So Hopper writes this letter to Eleven after this whole life of suffering. Okay, it was a very emotional moment. This is the time that I was crying, actually, in the show. Good. Yeah, who? Yeah, cried at this point. All right? Because th- that was just so emotional. So as Hopper, he's writing about, he's writing like he's been in this cave, right? Hopper's like, I've been in this cave. I've been in this cave. He's been, he, he knows what, Hopper knows what hurt is like. He's like, he's like, I know what hurt is like. If you feel hurt, don't shy away from it. Feel the hurt. Um, and I think that's important as, as, as we talk about uh, holding on to Jesus in the midst of pain and difficulty. Um, as I read this letter, I was like, I feel a lot of times we are in a cave. Okay, we are in a cave and things don't really seem very bright to us. Things are scary, dark. Things are sad, right? Hopper says it's sad. It's scary. Hopper's living under a rock and then... Metaphorically, yes. Eleven. Kind of. Yeah, showed her some kind of, yeah, good, beautiful life. But Bentley, listen to this. A lot of times I think it feels like that for us, right? That like things are dark and scary and sad. And one, one thing is that Jesus provides love for us. And I think a lot of the time what that love looks like is that Jesus isn't at the top of the cave looking down at us saying, come out, come out, come out of that cave, come out of that suffering, come out of that pain. But instead, as we're in that cave, as we're laying down on the floor and the dirt is cold and our ear is on the dirt, okay, imagine this, and then you hear a knock, okay, like on the dirt, you hear a knock on the dirt, and you're like, what is that? And that is actually Jesus in the cave with you, in the pits with you. Jesus is there in the suffering with you. That's what his love, that's what the love that Jesus provides for us looks like. It looks like being with us in the midst of the suffering, not just standing at the top and offering to pull us out, but also being in the suffering with us. And I heard, I heard that um, analogy kind of from this guy named Bradley Durzak, and he writes, this, uh, he, write, he writes a bunch of books, and it's about Jesus just knocking. He's in the suffering with us. He knocks at the bottom. Like when we think we're at our lowest, actually we hear knocking from even lower, and that's Jesus with us. That's how Jesus provides love for us. And not only does he provide love for us, but he provides faith for us. He provides a partner and a listening ear. Jesus is a wise friend. He wants us to grow. Right? Hopper says, grow, kid. He says to 11, grow, kid. And that's what Jesus does for us. He says, grow. I provide faith for you so that you can grow. So that you can be sanctified is the word that we use. And, and then also, he doesn't provide faith and love, but he provides hope for us. He also provides a way out of the cave and, and a way of making all things new. Jesus will make all things new. Everything won't always be this way. We won't always be... It won't always feel like we're in a cave trying to hold on. But one day we will be actually held on to by Jesus fully and completely. So as we read these last few verses, I'm going to read them again, okay? Verses 11 through 13 as Paul offers his blessing to these people, okay? Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. Paul wants them, wants love to be provided for them and for them to provide love to others, right? We see that love. You see, Jesus provides love. And Paul asks that that would be true. And then Paul says, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father. So that God will establish their hearts blameless and holy. He asks that God would grow them so that their hearts would be blameless and holy. That's faith. He asks that God would provide them faith so that they can grow. And then last thing, hold on for one more second. Blameless in the holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. That's the hope. Paul asks that hope would be provided for them. That they would know that Jesus is actually going to return and make all things right. 
and we will all be together with Jesus and everything will be made right. So this is the challenge, okay? As you think about the hard things in your life, the suffering, the pain, all those things, um, you don't necessarily need to escape it right now, okay? But know that Jesus is with you and he loves you um, and he actually he provides faith for you to grow and also hope that things are not always going to be this way. Okay, so let's hold on together. Let's hold on to Jesus together. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you are with us. We thank you for the faith that you provide, that you grow us, um, that you sanctify us. Um, and we thank you for the hope that you provide for us, that things will not always be this way. Um, thank you for all these students here. Um, and we ask that you would uh, continue to remind all of them um, in me that you are with us and that you love us. Um, and you are with us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.